You're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. Hey, Beck. So, as you know, did you hear the sub pump? Yeah. <laughs> so like a ghost. I know. <laughs> Every uh, year, I try to go back to New Hampshire with my partner to visit family. This year we went during the fall and I had the opportunity to sit down with my brother-in-law in a truck in the pitch dark of night and talk about paranormal New Hampshire. That's really cool. Before I go into the interview, into the conversation more, let's call it a conversation. Before I lead us into the conversation, I have to tell you that even though we weren't hearing things with our ears, on the recording it was picking up very strange anomalies. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that to me. I don't know. That that to me is just expected with you anyway. <laughs> that's true. That is true. <laughs> Doesn't shock me. Trouble follows me. But uh, no, it was weird because we had the heat on in the truck. It was a cold evening, really cold, actually. And we just kind of wanted a quieter place to conduct the interview. Not to mention that he does smoke cigarettes. So I wanted him to be able to feel comfortable and have a cigarette. There was no radio on. There was no cell phones around. It was just him and I a little bit of heat in the truck, and a handheld recorder. The quality isn't the best as far as sound, but in certain areas of the recording, when we are speaking to each other, we're talking about aliens, we're talking about UFOs, you actually hear these blips and beeps and strange interference sounds. So I want to play that for the audience now. He had his that actually did work in the uh, radar tower at the Lebanon airport and asked whether or not if they saw anything crazy. Yeah. Uh, like fire in the sky with Travis yeah. Walton. And they make these aliens out to be fucking dude. Watch out. Horrific. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's worse enough, man. I mean, people talking about fucking probes up their ass, but that's <laughs> not what they're doing. What'd you think of that stuff? Oh, it's very interesting. Weird, right? I mean, Very I don't even weird. really have an explanation for that because usually there would be some sort of electrical interference. Yeah. But you know I don't like aliens, so no. just the thought of this is pretty scary to me. Like, I wouldn't want that type of interference whatsoever. Okay, so without further ado... Today's guest is a UFO paranormal enthusiast. His name is Tom Stebbins, and we are actually doing this remote in New Hampshire. I'd like to welcome you, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, thanks for having me. We are here in New Hampshire in the dark skies of night. <laughs> now, New Hampshire is known for the Betty and Barney Hill. That is correct. They were a couple back in the mid to late 60s, roughly, that were uh, coming back from a uh, vacation trip from Montreal, if I do remember correctly. And on their way back home, now you got to remember, back in those days, I don't believe there consisted interstate systems back then. There was a lot of back roads, a lot of um, roads that would lead to obviously major towns, cities, and so on. So they were on the infamous Route 3, and that would connect you all the way up in towards Canada. But they were heading back home as they approached the White Mountains from their vacation. Obviously, a lot of crazy things started happening with them, which started off with a essentially like a bright light in the sky, and they felt like they were being followed. The husband the whole time just kept an eye on this thing the, the whole way as they were trying to head home. And by the way, home was way in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which, if anyone knows, Portsmouth is out on the New Hampshire's seacoast. Our seacoast, I should say, is no bigger than, I want to say, something like 50-something miles, possibly. But they're up in the White Mountains, so heading home back towards the seacoast. And uh, as the husband kept on tracking this light, it seemed to him that they were following. And so as, as the night went on, he would make remarks to his wife, Betty, that they thought they were being followed. So uh, there was a moment where he had gotten out of his vehicle. It did closely approach as well. And he noticed the figures of something humanoid within this light. 
looking back down at it. With that being said, from any possible encounter out there over the years that people have witnessed such things or even abductees in general, like they get that feeling in them that like something isn't right, something is going on. And uh, I'll tell you, I'd be with them. Right. <laughs> I don't know about you. Do, but, you know. do you notice if it's more prevalent <clears throat> in the area closer to Betty and Barney or is it just the whole state of New Hampshire or? Um, you know, that's a good question. Very good question. I mean, it's funny because like, as I have um, certainly researched and looked into this whole story of theirs, as time has gone on as well, like even up to this point. Now, if anybody is familiar with New Hampshire and the White Mountains, I'm going to just put this out there. Um, there is what they call an experimental forest that is in the White Mountains. Now, what that is, it, it's a government-funded facility that is based around forestry, agriculture, you name it. And I actually lived not far from that at one point in my life. And so, of course, I was tempted to find it. I wanted to see what this thing was all right. about, right? Well, let me tell you what. It's funny because you could go in, no problem. There wasn't, like, anybody flagging you down. Well, the main entrance is open. So you keep uh, just driving in. And once you actually get into the thick of the wood past their, I don't know if you want to call it a laboratory or uh, just their facility in general, but once you get past that point, the roads for as far as the eye can see, it keeps going and going and going. I've never seen anything like that in my life. At the time, you know, I kept driving in and there were a lot of um, other roads that led to other Site split offs, yeah, split offs, if you will, right to the left, you name it. Well, it's funny because, like, in some of those, or I should say, majority are all gated, so I don't know. I mean, like, to me, you know, it's a typical oh, government, what are they doing here? You know, what are they doing? Why is this blocked off? You know, why is this gated off to the rest? But it's so funny because this is within the heart of the White Mountains itself. And I've heard a lot of skepticism by other people around the local area that claim to say that there was an actual Air Force base deep within the White Mountains. That's also where they pulled a lot of fighter jets. I've even seen Hueys, you know, flying overhead. A lot of people have said, well, hey, there's a secret base in the White Mountains. Now, I couldn't honestly tell you if that's true or not but yet it kind of makes sense when you think back at this whole Betty and Barney Hill situation too right it was held within the White Mountains what's there you know yeah why would it just be in the middle of a forest mm-hmm. if it's just a forestry why would it be all gated as much as it is and hidden yeah. deep within wouldn't you think it would be more exposed to the public you would think so. For tours on fauna. These gated roads or gated off roads or whatnot. I mean, this is a real deal. It just, it's funny to me because if it's only something to do about forestry and agriculture, why is it that big of a deal? Right. Now, you know, hey, it is what it is with that. I mean, without a doubt, like, hey, they're keeping the public away. They don't want something that's destroyed that they're probably calculating certain, like, growth patterns of certain trees or whatever. And they don't want any human interaction or any type of human prints other right. than themselves being there. But with all the history and all the backstory to the Betty and Barney Hill... It just seems like, hey, it's another typical, I'm not going to say Roswell because it's not, but it's pretty freaking close if you ask me. Now, have you personally seen anything out of the ordinary flying around up there? Within that area? Yeah. Um, yeah, without a doubt. A good friend and I, uh, at one time, that I was expressing my interest with this, and he was the same way. You know, when you're up in the White Mountains... There's no huge cities or massive towns that block out the, the light of the stars. Right. And you can see everything. I mean, it's amazing. It's the typical, like, you're out in the middle of the desert somewhere, you know, no lights. Everything is right there in front of you. Because of that, certain things certainly stand out a lot better than they would otherwise, right? right? Yeah. 
You know, and don't get me wrong. I know the difference between seeing a satellite in the sky versus, you know, something that's possibly paranormal or unidentified, you know, things of that nature. So one can only guess and think to themselves, what is this that I'm looking at right now? Right. And there's history behind that, like I said, the Betty and Barney Hill. Now I just want to get back to that a little bit. Okay. Talking about exactly what the next thing was. And they continued to drive home after witnessing what they saw. And they were scared for their lives. That's when everything started going into overdrive. And so Barney, he's hitting the gas, running down the friggin' roads and turning, trying to outrun this thing that they see. When all of a sudden they turn down this one other road and boom, right there is the light of the UFO. I mean, it's not just the light. I mean, they are parked on the road. They can't go anywhere at this point. So they both got out of their vehicles. And right there alone, you know, the typical, like, if if you've seen um, witness shows about UFOs and extraterrestrials or movies even, it's like they got out of their vehicle and all of a sudden they were, like, controlled. Mind telepathy type stuff they were guided into the ship and so uh from there basically they took off and from what i understand the the ship made its way into outer space if you will just outside the earth's atmosphere and such oddly enough betty was the one to wake up out of the two and got to essentially see what was going on she realizes obviously she's not in their vehicle, an alien approached her and started talking to her, once again, telepathically. Told her that, essentially, that, hey, listen, we want to let you know that you are safe. You're not in any harm. But they didn't really give her an idea of why they were doing this. One approached her and asked her uh, whether or not she understood. It was a star map of the galaxy. They were uh, pointing out to her and they asked her, Say, hey, is this anything you recognize? She said, no, not at all. Now, I want you guys to remember this because this will come back up later on in this in this podcast. So they realized that she had no knowledge or no reference to this star map. So they just kind of let it go. In the meantime, she turned around and saw her husband laying on essentially like a medical platform a bed or whatever and he was being uh studied they had apparently a crazy conversation meaning the extraterrestrials and betty now if you're wondering exactly what the extraterrestrials looked like it is the cliche gray aliens talls or shorts do we know uh there were both okay now the shorts were the ones that, if I remember correctly, the shorts were the ones that were doing all the work. And the taller one that was there was the one that was asking her the questions and talking to her. If I'm wrong with that, just look up your history with that. I mean, it is there on the internet to read. So as time's gone by, all of a sudden, both of them are back in their car and, ready for this, they were in their driveway in Portsmouth out of nowhere. And again, uh, typical time lapse happened. Many abductions. People have always mentioned this. They looked at the time on their watches and realized where did the the hours go? Right. And um, they didn't think much of it after that. They just kind of were like, all right, uh, something happened, but we're not talking about it type thing. You know, like, hey, something's weird about this, you know? Well... This is when it gets a little freaky, guys. Now, even back in the early mid-60s or late-60s when this happened, Barney, he was complaining of, uh, if I remember, a spot within his, I think it was either inner or outside of his thigh. He had gone to the hospital and so on and uh, was x-rayed, and the doctors realized there was something under his skin. So from there... He ended up getting it removed. Of course, recollecting back to that point of when they were abducted, 
he brought it up to some officials and so on, but they tested that. Uh, what that, was removed? It was a foreign, essentially like a metal alloy of some kind. Okay. And it was very tiny, but it wasn't, you know, it was probably no bigger than, say, I don't know. Grain of rice? Uh, it was bigger than that. Let's just say maybe even triple the size. Okay. So they tested the metal and found out that it did not show any type of element here on Earth. So that alone brought up a lot, lot of questions. Because of their time lapse, they started bringing up a lot of um, bits and pieces, like a, almost like a backstory of sorts, little visions that they remembered, but like at the same time, they couldn't remember the complete walkthrough of everything. They eventually were hypnotized. They were able to bring up everything from the abduction. And uh, that's when it started really getting freaky because uh, the other part of this was that Betty, she mentioned the star map again. And because of that, they asked, well, when I say they, it was like hypnotist, government, whatever. They wanted to see whether or not she could also recreate and draw this map out. From what she remembers, she drew it all out. And then NASA was involved with all this, by the way. And they took this drawing of hers. Somehow they were able to study it. They were able to figure this out. And what's nuts about it is that somehow NASA was able to take what she drew and, and actually figured out this was a map of our actual galaxy that we and, and they reside in. I'll tell you what, though. Look it up. It really will blow your friggin' mind. Yeah, from there on out, they explain their story. As a matter of fact, when it comes to American history with abductions, they were the first recorded incident in all of the U.S. of it. It's crazy to know that, you know, here I am. I'm born and raised right here from New Hampshire, and that's essentially right in my backyard. Yeah. That's crazy. If anybody ever gets an opportunity to visit that spot where they were actually abducted. <laughs> and I know I know you've been there. Yes. Back, and there there is almost like a monument, like a tribute. Yeah, to that. Just like in Roswell, there is your gas station and it has this little waving alien out front, yeah. you know, things yeah. like that. So but very, very cool stuff. I mean, without a doubt, very cool stuff. You know, when I was a little kid, I always believed in UFOs and aliens. You know, there was always something about that not only intrigued me, but, you know, it's the, hey, we're not the only ones out there. <laughs> Come on, guys. Right. I mean, that's just stupid. I'm with you on that one. I mean, uh, I mean, especially with, like, all this uh, information nowadays. Oh, yeah, everything that's getting dropped in 2020. Yeah, yeah. and uh, But put it in perspective, whether it be NASA or anybody else, that they're finding not only all these other exoplanets and solar systems and galaxies that are light years away. I mean, some of these places, they feel, are within an habitable zone of the sun that they rotate around. I don't have any reason not to believe it. That we're the only intelligent life in the universe. It's just stupid right. for people to think that. Right. As a kid, you know, I always saw certain things in the sky that always intrigued me, you know, and maybe when I was really little, like I didn't know too much about, you know, like, Hey, what am I looking at? Is this a satellite? Is this a possibly an airplane or whatever? But as I grew up watching certain shows, legitimate shows, none of this stupid bullshit out there that <laughs> right. people just make for a buck. I will go to the extreme to really figure it out myself. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, there's a light. That's a UFO. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'll do I'll do the work behind it to make sure whether it's something that's legit or nothing at all. It's stupid for anybody to just jump the gun like that because obviously you look like a moron. Quick story, though. Uh, I think the real first time that I can honestly say that I saw what I saw 
this is before my son was born. Uh, so my son was born back in 2014. Me and the missus, we've been together for nearly 14 years now. I know that much. So he wasn't born yet. But we came home from a family function. It was in the month of February. And I remember it was so friggin' below zero, man. I mean, friggin' cold, cold, cold. And uh, we were on our way home. And we got home. We settled inside. And once we started relaxing, I said, well, hey, I'm going to go out for a smoke. So I bundled back up, got out to the front porch. And when it's wintertime, there's a lot, of, a lot of moments out there where, of course, the stars are just out and about crystal clear. This incident right here was crazy. So I lit my cigarette. I stood outside looking at the sky. And as I was looking over the sky, almost like in a panoramic view with my eyes going from right to left, then there it was. And it was an orange orb that was essentially like just stationary in the sky. But this wasn't like so far in the sky that like, hey, wait a minute, you know, it could be a satellite or whatever. No, this... This, this motherfucker was no higher than a passenger plane without any question. And as soon as my eyes locked onto that, I knew right away. I was like, I got to grab the woman. I was like, <laughs> I cannot have myself just be the only person to see right. this. Because it, otherwise, like, oh, yeah, you're making it up or bullshit. I went, I, babe, babe, you need to check this out. You need to come out here and look at this. And she got I'll never forget she goes out right I point it to her and automatically she looks at it split second fuck this I'm going inside and it, not because of the cold <laughs> just because of the friggin like the it was terrifying it, 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 yeah it, it almost like put a like this feeling over you I was going to ask you about that, no. the feeling that you got, because we see many things in the sky. We see, like you said, sometimes we see a satellite, but sometimes we see stars that move around, and it's not a shooting star, but it, when you saw that orange orb, mm -hmm. what feeling did you have? Well, I mean, the first thing, just like any natural feeling, was there was a, a piece of fright that came over me, without a doubt, uh, but there was also, like, wonderment and uh, curiosity, I mean without any question i mean like i don't know how to explain it it was just like i internally i knew in my being what i was seeing that night was nothing i've seen before so she ran <laughs> so, yeah basically she was like no i'm not no i'm not doing this <laughs> that's what it was so i'm wondering mean, if intuitively she felt like an impending doom type of feeling or, or mm -hmm. a helpless feeling that's what i think she felt was like almost that doom yeah type like no this ain't happening what am i looking at but i know something is wrong with this you continued to watch this though when she ran in oh i did and, absolutely and something happened after well uh in a way it did yes well of course, it's the, again, and you may hear me say this a lot, and it's cliche, but I'll tell you what, I went right inside and grabbed my phone, and the first thing I wanted to do, oh, but I gotta record this, you know? Right, like, oh yeah. Why not? Yeah. Phones weren't like they are today. Right. So, like the phone I had yeah. was like a tip, I, it wasn't a flip phone, but it was like an old Motorola phone, you know, it would slide one direction and it would, no, it wasn't Motorola, it was LG phone. And I could slide up and I'd have the keyboard, you know? Yeah. I love that phone, by the way, back then. But the camera quality on uh, that was like terrible. It was, it was horrible. Yeah. Now, I felt like at least, you know, hey, sure, it's not going to be like high quality, but at least have some type of like glow, glow there. Yeah. And guess what? Nothing Never. at all. It's Never. the typical, and I don't get it. I don't, I don't get either. it about it. Like, it is they have some fucking like jamming device <laughs> or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? I have to agree with this. I mean, like people out there all the time. You see all these fucking videos out there. People, and they're so shitty. And you almost like, know the shitty. ones that are fake because they're too good. And you're like, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. when you do 
tend to remember, which it's hard to remember in the moment to even grab that phone to record, and you do manage to record it, even if you had a really nice iPhone with the quadruple lens on it, I'm almost positive you might pick up a light glow, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be enough to say, oh, absolutely, that is something out of, that's paranormal. And it's true. Like, I don't understand, like, if there's, like, (laughs) like, a reason behind it or what. I tried filming it. I tried taking a picture of it, and nothing was really happening. I did witness it eventually going away. So as I stood there to watch this thing, just again, you're imagining this orangish red type orb floating in the sky, no higher than a passenger plane. And all of a sudden, it, like, brightened up. And then, like, the light kind of, like, shrunk in on itself. And wow. then, like, poof, gone. I don't know how to how else to say it. It was just like that. Not like a light going out real quick. Because, in a way, it's like you did see it, you know, go from that point and just kind of want to go zip across Almost the like... sky. But it disappeared at the same time. So, it's just weird. Almost like it was gearing up for warp speed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But I will say this, because as I've gotten older and, again, like, uh, gotten more involved in what I'm doing and seeing and so on, the next thing I did after that, guys, and I'm sure anybody who's that enthusiast knows of MUFON. Right. And the one thing I did do was I reported my sighting. And for those of you who are unaware of what MUFON is, it's Mutual UFO Network. And usually most towns or cities have a MUFON specifically for that location just so they can have records of the sightings. That's right. I I put my whole experience right then and there right into their database and it was logged. And just out of curiosity as well, like I also, after jotting that into their database, I even went back like a month or two later just to check it and it was still there. And what's cool about the MUFON is that it takes where your location is when you jot down these things. And if uh, you or anybody else on their site looking at these experiences people have had that they logged into their database, they have the Google map, if you will, or a uh, map of their own that you can circle around the world with and pinpoint these experiences. Did you notice when you logged yours, were there any other reportings? Actually, that's funny you say that. That is funny you say that. And thanks for reminding me because I totally spaced about this. But within the same night, there were not a lot, but at least uh, two, if not three, that I recall within New Hampshire alone. Now, I'm not saying they were right in the same town, I know I didn't mention this before, but that sighting at the time was in the small town of Enfield, New Hampshire. I uh, lived there for about a little over six years. There were other instances where people had witnessed something. And it's funny, those people also mentioned Orange Orb. So I knew I wasn't the only one. I knew I wasn't seeing things. I knew I, you know, and it's validated. Are, yeah, it's validated. But yet, you know, I don't know these people, but I'm so glad that these people had the knowledge behind MUFON and logging it and being aware and believing. So I, I looked into their sightings and they really weren't all that far off. You're talking like within, in retrospect, you know, when I say f- not far off, even like 50 miles away, I mean, you know, that's not in reality all that far. So if they're seeing the same thing, you know, come on, man. Yeah. It, it, it's legit, man. It's legit. Didn't something previous to that date happen to you and your mother so that there was more than one witness? I'm going to say late 80s. I do remember I was certainly a little kid then. For some strange reason, man, when I was that little, I always liked going with my mom to go grocery shopping and things like that. And it was cool, too, because both of my sisters at the time, for whatever reason, didn't want to come. So I had that time with my mom, you know. We went grocery shopping, so on. And on our way back home, now, we lived on this eh, basically like a back road, but we weren't far from town. You can say that the road that we lived off of was just kind of like out by itself. So there was no street lights, no nothing. You know, it was 
pitch black, by the way. It wasn't summertime. It was probably in the late fall, like we are now. So, you know, how it gets dark early. And so we're heading home, and we were on the straightaway. And all of a sudden, I'm in the front seat. She's there, too. And this massive, I want to say it's a fireball, but yet at the same time, you you know, the first thing that came to mind also, too, was... Hey, this has got to be an asteroid or a meteor meteor coming to Earth or whatever. It was so close to us when it happened. It came across. It it almost seemed like it wanted to touch the friggin' windshield. Wow. That's how close it seemed. And I remember both of us. I mean, we turned our head as quick as it, it came over just to see. And it wasn't... You would think it should have landed somewhere nearby for us to see it. nothing was there no indentation in the ground no No. hole no burning anything just there yeah i mean it was just gone poof gone i don't know what that was and even to this day i'll randomly bring this up to my mom and she's like yeah i remember that it was so friggin weird these Um, things you have no explanations for that's what's the hardest part to explain is like you have no explanation yeah it couldn't have been a meteor because you know it just to me it seems like if it was we would have seen just because how close it was and everything would have like been right there you know it's funny too because that straightaway we were on you know right across the road was an old cow pasture okay so it was wide open when we looked over it should have crashed or landed right there in that field. And it was like nothing. It was so fucked up, man. Like, <laughs> and we were, <laughs> we were both like, it's weird. It, you know, we didn't say anything about it when we saw it. And it's not like we ever pretended not to talk about it. Cause we eventually did. But anytime we brought it up in the past, you know, it's like, yeah, it not only was weird, but it should have been right there. Right. It should have been right there. So what did we see? You know, it's weird because like, yeah, we have mountains, but where we are exactly here in New Hampshire, and I'll, I got to just bring it up, is that they call it the upper valley for a reason. And because of that, if anybody knows how things were formed and so on and so forth, at least here I know of the upper valley. Now, if you're smack dab in the middle of the upper valley you look to your right your left whatever and you see these gigantic i don't want to say hills but like you see the horizon on both sides of you it's like these big walls like you know a valley you know i'm not you know not to say people don't know what i'm talking about think about it this way which is really cool way before us i'm sure as a species there was a massive river that came through here and that's what shaped valleys but anyway going back to all that though is that i know for a fact i'm not the only person um i certainly bring this subject up a lot i may not exactly tell my story but i will say no i'm a believer not just deny the fact being there and seeing things for myself and seeing things that have made me i'm aware i know i've seen it it's like i know it's real good majority of people all of a sudden will open up to me. There were a few people in my time so far that have actually just, yeah, I'll tell you, but I don't want you telling anybody. I ran into this one fellow. He told me his uh, story and because I brought it up, it's like it gave him a pass to tell me his story. But otherwise, he never wanted to talk about it because Mm -hmm. he felt like, you know, okay, it's a typical, oh, you're crazy this, crazy that. From what I understand, too, is that in the beginning, um, when he did see what he saw, he did try putting that out there. And, of course, people, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. You can't explain this. There is a lot more paranormal than just UFOs. But I believe this may tie into something within that realm, possibly. And I'm speaking of... They call it the New England Stonehenge. And the reason for it, though, is that, yeah, there is a lot of... uh, It's not natural formations, obviously, but if you see it, they have intricate places set up around this, I want to say a few acres of land, that typically what has been suggested is uh, it's, it's a way to calculate the summer and winter solstices and so on. But... There are some really crazy things that are suggested about the rest of 
this site. One of them being, as people call it, the sacrificial table. Now, don't quote me on this. I have been there, though. This huge rock that resides right within the center of this whole place. People have claimed that, yeah, one, it was used as a sacrificial table, or actually other suggest that it's some way of measuring rain for like weather reasons or whatever. Uh, the stone itself is something like, I want to say like four tons. You look at it and how it sits and everything, you know that this rock never existed there in the first place. So essentially like it was moved somehow. We had heard about it on, um, and I don't know if people are familiar with this, or this TV show or not. It's called America on Earth. One of his episodes was placed on this site. And I was like, no way. I never was even aware of it until that episode. And I was like, wait a minute. This friggin' thing is basically right in my backyard. And I can't believe it. I'd never heard of this. So we took the time out of our summer to head down there and uh, check it out for ourselves. It's in uh, a town called Salem, New Hampshire. Now, not Salem, Mass., but Salem, New Hampshire. But it's funny, though, because Salem, New Hampshire, is not really all that far from Massachusetts. Heading down there and looking at it for ourselves and seeing the whole elaborate facility and setup that they had there to try to explain to people what they think it is and who put this here. Now, of course, they have multiple theories one of them being the Knights Templar now the guy who hosts this show first off let's just put it this way he is completely hung on the Knights Templar altogether and and possibly the uh, the whole crusade because um, as what was said they basically uh, carried if not had the the bloodline for Christ. Certain things that are obviously there that they believe, when I say they, you know, archaeologists and stuff, not just this guy for this TV show, but... Scientific community? Correct. But then you also have uh, other cultures that they believe. One also being the Vikings, which of course is... Without a doubt, the Vikings came here before Columbus. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts about that. There was a lot of things that remained after the Ice Age uh, completely that tied in a lot of travels, if you will. There used to be like a, basically like an ice bridge that connected upper Europe into the North Americas. And uh, they feel that if the Vikings came here, that's how they came over in the first place. Now, don't get me wrong, they use ships and so on to boat across uh, the world and things like that too, but that's something also too that you should just look in on, guys, because I'll tell you The what, ice bridge? Yes, the okay. ice bridge is... Because I've never heard of that until today. No? Well, no okay. That's okay. fascinating. And then last but not least that I do remember, a biblical culture. They were a sea-bearing people called the Phahetians. And um, they were known for making extravagant trips across vast oceans. The thing is, too, is that they were also, I believe, proven to have done this. You know, in, in making their way across, when you start looking at other sites across the world, especially between big areas of water, you know, like, how could this be? Especially back in those times. But yeah, very interesting place. There's a lot of cool things about it. It definitely, though, the one thing they do, they do get right with this whole thing, as I brought up earlier, was the solstices of summer, winter, and so on, or equinoxes and things like that, because uh, they, they have gone through the trouble to actually see these happenings. As a matter of fact, this time of year, too, I do believe, going into the winter, um, they actually have crowds of people that show up to that site in honor of the, the next season or the solstice or equinox for know. celebration yep for okay. celebration absolutely so new hampshire has definitely a history with ufos and there's bodies of water all throughout new hampshire and 
not far from you actually is a lake called Crystal Lake. And that's right. As a matter of fact, uh, there is lots of small bodies of water all around New Hampshire. As a matter of fact, I do reside on one called uh, Mascoma Lake. Our largest lake here in the state is called Lake Winnipesaukee. Pretty spread out and it branches a lot in different areas of the state. Have you ever spotted anything paranormal within the bodies of water? There is, again, some history and uh, rumor behind Crystal Lake. Once again, that is also in the same town I used to live in, of Enfield. It's not exactly all that large of a lake, but in the center or somewhere within that lake, people have uh, said that the depth at one point in this lake goes as deep as, uh, I do believe it goes into the 80-foot-ish range, yeah. whatever. And so, uh, but people have certainly said they've witnessed certain objects coming in and out of the lake. I actually, uh, at one point, was like, well, okay, well, uh, maybe I'll uh, research it and look into it a little more. Googled it, and some type of literature written about it alone had some weight. And so, like, because of that, it just makes you kind of wonder. It's so odd, too, because I don't know about you guys, even though I have thoughts and perspectives of my own that match a lot of people around the world, you know, with the belief of UFOs and aliens and stuff. But what kills me the most, I suppose, is, wait a minute, it's it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's down the fucking road, yeah. man. And I'm just like, man, I'm going to say out there, based on what all my research, too, I mean, there's even, there are supposedly good aliens, too. Just like humans. Where, I think there's good and bad. I don't know if this is 100% real. I can't quite remember but okay i i brought up to you earlier uh majestic 12 blue book all that stuff but somebody also recorded overall race of aliens there's something like i want to say like maybe between 15 to 20 of them it's probably even more and than only that. that well you're right there's probably it's just more what's than that, documented but, right but yeah and this supposedly was around uh, this document was around for quite some time, too. With all the research that I've looked into, it's fucked up to me that it's always, okay, you got the cliche grays out there. Yeah. Those are the only ones people have ever seen, you know? And guess what? They're fucking bad guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, watch out for I've them. heard people talking about those praying mantis ones, too. That's true. Yeah. They say that they're uh, all enlightened and stuff, or doctors, or... So, before I lose this thought, now I remember also why the bad aliens come after us. Why is that? Okay. Is this a theory of yours? No. It's uh, it's true shit. Look it up. Okay. <laughs> but, so, oh, what was the dude's name that supposedly was digging holes for fucking U.S. government? And he got blasted with a beam, burn all of his Phil fingers. Phil Schneider. Correct. Thank you. Yeah. And so he was involved with this on top of the fact of uh, trying to figure out, you know, what they're doing with us. Now, apparently, the gray race aliens want to kidnap our species. And typically, I, if I do remember kids especially, because there's a, am I saying it right, like pheromone or something that is perspirated out of a human being, okay. okay, that comes from fear, okay? So it's adrenaline. Yeah, well, it's it's not just adrenaline, or there's something that's even more complex than that. Okay. That they feed off of. Okay. And that's their source of food. I know it sounds so sci-fi, but... It doesn't, though, because if you think of it in a paranormal perspective as far as ghosts go the theories are that they feed off of our energy they feed off the energy of electronics and batteries they drain them for energy so why mm -hmm. wouldn't another species drain us of an essence or something that's <coughs> physiologically a part of us that they feed on just yep. their food i mean yep. if you think about it what are they eating they don't even really have mouths no you can't see them taking a bite of a burger well even <laughs> even 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 their fucking nostrils or their ears Right. I mean, I mean, the only thing they got going are those big ass eyes. And yeah, dude. 
and they're pretty what... pale, so it's not like they're hanging out in the sunlight. I know. And then, of course, too, like, <laughs> they claim to say that those motherfuckers, or, you know, there's other people out there that say this, that they are a uh, race that came from us. Yeah, they're the future us. The future us, yes. And what do you think about that? I don't know about Now, that. I, listen, I tried to go down that little rabbit hole in my mind, and I thought... All right, if you take a human being and you throw them into space, what's the first thing that would happen, right? Well, first of all, yeah. you start losing your muscle, right? Like okay. astronauts. Okay, now you're adapting, too, to, like, it's dark. You're not getting sunshine. Mm-hmm. So your eyes, through time, are going to start getting bigger. Your That's pupils true. are going to dilate, right? Like, like they would in the dark. Mm-hmm. So you get these big dilated pupils. Your skin coloring is going to change. Your pigment's going to be lost. You know, instead of a jaundice, you might go into like a gray color. Yeah. Almost like you're you're dying in a way. But this new breed is coming out of the human race. So things are going to have to change to adapt to the space pressures, let's say. Mm-hmm. Or So I thought about that, and I could see how things could go through a natural mutation as a human being to adapt. Right. I mean, I can see that. I mean, obviously, over the course of however many... <laughs> it's got to be millions Way in the future. You're... I mean, you're not eating food. You're using an alternate energy source, so you're not going to be fat. You're going to be mm-hmm. slim. There's also that theory that those small grays are robots or yeah i've heard something like that too um almost like droids programmed to go in and do a job yeah yeah it's like it's you know the every time i heard that i think of communion well yeah i also (laughs) think of like a beehive yeah you know uh of course you got the drones and the queen that makes sense but maybe not to that extreme but like they definitely have that that set that unity but yeah man that's fucked up so we've covered ufos and different sites around new hampshire that you've seen yourself or been to or heard stories of but let's shift into the shakers they're a big part of this area yeah they are now who Um, are the shakers exactly they're kind of when i think of shakers i think of people that came over on the mayflower pretty close yeah i mean i know they're famous for their furniture right (laughs) their furniture building the shaker furniture well yeah shaker or amish the shakers they uh once again yeah built furniture and such uh they believed in hard working lifestyle the shakers here we are once again enfield new hampshire Seems to be like a fucking hot spot or a boiling point for paranormal stuff. There is a place here in Enfield called Lost Let Shrine, which is just outside of the Shaker Inn or the Shaker Museum. We got a guy by the name of Caleb Dyer. This was during the uh, French Revolutionary War era. So the story has it is this, is that um, there was this family who consisted of, I do believe, two or three children. There was no mother to be had. She had passed away, apparently. So there was a father and his children. Well, war called him, and he had to leave his family. And he gave, essentially, like, the uh, okay for this gentleman who actually came into the Shaker community as kind of a uh, religious type person, he was given the permission, respect, the job to watch over his children, this guy. Well, the war continued for a long time, and within that period, Caleb Dyer and this guy's children started growing closer as like a family. So as time went by, And the gentleman who went off to war, he came home, realized this. Hey, I'll be honest, if I was a kid and my dad was off to war and that's all I had for a parent and I had no real bloodline parent, you know, there, your affection may turn on to somebody else, you know, you're looking for that safe, you know, as a, as a kid, you know? Yeah. Well, the father didn't like that. What next? Boom, Caleb Dyer ended up getting shot and killed. And his soul remains and haunts the area. What are the hauntings that are said to happen from Caleb? Well, you know, I think it's more of just kind of like uh, you got a guy that walks around and just staring at people and things like that. (laughs) I No. 
there was one of the ghost hunting TV shows out here. Uh, I think it was the ones that they called themselves Taps. Ghost Hunters? I do believe. Yep. Well, they came over and actually did an episode at the Shaker Inn. And within their time spent there, they deemed it haunted. Yeah. So I think I remember that episode a little bit too. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Just once again, being that small town local boy, man, and having shit like that happen around here, man, it's crazy. I don't know if this is like a melting pot of any sort for paranormal or UFO activity or something. Like, there is a lot of history in the area to begin with, but what's drawing this shit here? Yeah. Why is there... Do you think because there is a lot of UFO activity and a lot of kind of secretive things going on that maybe that amps up the paranormal in general? It's possible. I mean, uh, I've heard of, uh, you know, places that are haunted before where, let's say, people are living there and they're promoting a lot of uh, negativity or a type of energy and it gets the uh, spirit going off the walls, right. you know? That, that could be a reason. But then my life here and just hearing all this stuff it amazes me and still to this day i keep finding more and more stuff especially other people's experiences people that want to open up and share their experiences with me my son right now he's six going on seven but about a little over four years ago we moved into our new house and there was some history behind that as well I found out the family that actually lived here at the time, when it was brand new, their last names were the Smith. Ironically, these people were the grandparents of this guy that my mother used to work with at her job. There was some conversation about it one day with her and her coworker. He put it together knowing, hey, wait a minute, they're living in my grandparents' old house. That's crazy, right? Well, come to fucking find out, <laughs> this guy, the grandfather, passed away in here. And he never left. And there's some reasons probably behind that. Now, there is a shed outside of the house that also I noticed we have electricity and we have a workbench and so on like within this shed. Well, come to find out, this guy's grandfather loved to do some woodworking, and he spent a lot of time in this shed. He did a lot of, obviously, various projects and so on. Well, when we first moved in, my son, between two, three, a little, you know, halfway between three, maybe, give or take, he started telling us certain things he was witnessing around the house. And the first incident was that he sees a guy, he calls him the black guy. That's scary. I know it sounds... Not in a racist <laughs> no, way, but probably but, in a shadowy but, way. But yeah, but to get clarification, we still ask because <laughs> you never know. And no, he said he was just black, like he dressed black and whatever, but you couldn't see his face, whatnot. Well, the first place to see him, he said the black guy came out of the shed. Now, what's crazy about that, though, is even after telling you guys that we knew this guy's grandparents lived here, we didn't know that at the time. And when my son was seeing this apparition, we made sure that we uh, always remembered that, let alone some of the other things that the apparition was apparently doing, which now this it twisted. The guy was standing at the foot of the bed, staring down at us. And my son said he could see this. Man, oh man, like, I'm just going, why? We're not doing anything wrong here, I'll tell you that much. Your son could see this apparition, so yeah. it could see him, so he's going to get his got attention. Yeah. yeah, so as time went by, that's when we found out that this guy, he loved his little workshop, and my son was seeing where he was coming out of and whatnot, and... My son did explain, too, that he was an older guy. He knew he was there, and he would mention him uh, a lot. It wasn't just one day, and it was done. Now, I saw your shed, and your shed has a strange kind of like a door in the front that opens up 
that yeah. lasts. And it's very odd. I don't. I wouldn't know exactly what the purpose of that would be. It's kind of like to describe it better for the audience. It's almost as if you were going to keep someone captive in there. Yeah. And feed them, and you That's, would open up this. Yeah, it's like door. a cubby door. Yeah. I don't know how else. I mean, you can't fit so, much through it. Yeah. So yeah. So you're talking about this door. Okay. You got the main door, of course. You know, as tall as any other average size entryway, but it was built or cut out on the side of that door a a little door flap so i'm going to say it's about 4 to 5 inches in height and in width right like a square a square yeah, yeah a small square but what's weird is like there was like a piece of glass or plexiglass that's also in the center that you would oh okay there's glass there so you look in no it's spray painted black on both sides. Right. That's what's messed up. And get this, that little door on the outside, you can latch it locked. But you can't lock it from the inside or unlock it from the inside. Correct. So I'm like, why? That's really odd. Very odd. Thing of it is, is that people speculated before oh, what that could have been, you know, like such as a vent port type thing you know he's inside his shed and he had a heater or something going okay good point you know, or that you could have feed been... maybe but it has electric so you wouldn't want to put a cord through well there. that's funny you bring that up because that's the other idea someone had and not that i've ever used it that way myself but you know i could see that a little bit maybe but... if you had something plugged in and you needed to hit the house with something a sander or whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you could see it for that but why wouldn't you just open the whole door that's the thing why couldn't you just open the door i know i don't <laughs> i don't get it either but... very odd yeah but i mean when it comes to the apparition again i haven't heard too much about him since honestly but for the record, none of us has been hurt or taunted. Well, or... your mom had a shelf <clears throat> fall down on her. Oh, that's, that's right. At, yeah. Good call with that. I forgot all about that. Your mom was sitting on the couch at a gathering I just happened to be at. And it was like a family gathering. And she was sitting on the couch. And just so happened that there was a shelf that was nailed into brick, I believe, right? It's, it's brick. Um, it, it looks brick. Okay. But it, it's more for show. It's it is like your drywall, ty typical drywall. Okay, but it seemed sturdy. It was up there. It just came down and hit her right in the head. Yeah. Interestingly enough, a brother-in-law, you know, just basically got up there and checked mm -hmm. the nails that were holding it, and the nails were not bent down. No. Which means that whatever did that had to lift it up off of the wall mm -hmm. and drop it on her head. Yes. So. And just to put this out there, it wasn't like anybody was jumping around and this just, boom. <laughs> but this <laughs> ties into this man because she worked with the son of the man. Correct. And didn't, wasn't there a little bit of an altercation? Yes, there was. Um, there was some kind of altercation at work, you know, typical drama, bickering, blah, blah, blah. They had some type of dispute. It's funny that you say that because it makes perfect sense in a way. Maybe it's grandparents looking out for the grandson. Right. Now, the one thing I do know is the grandson lived here. So as far as him having his own parents, other place staying, I don't know that affection or that fatherly type of relationship yeah might have still been there and i think that yeah that he saw your mother and thought <clears throat> i'm gonna get her yep and that makes perfect sense to us yeah. otherwise like why yeah especially if you do believe that it's paranormal once again nothing else could have made that come off the wall like it did right we checked it it definitely was yeah. not yanked down. It definitely didn't fall on its own. Right. Because you were able to hang it right back up, and it was sturdy, solid. Yeah. It's been up ever since. Right. And you know what's weird, too, is that my mom doesn't even work with this guy anymore. It wasn't their choice. It was just the way the future predicted itself. But they don't work with each other anymore, and my mom's been over here other times, and nothing other craziness has ever happened now. <laughs> Is it over? I don't know, but <laughs> I will say this is that things are pretty easy going here. You know, it's it not, calmed down. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say this place is so haunting that, you know, you you're, can't live you know, here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But 
if it's not one thing, it's another in this area. And there's definitely plenty of history and plenty of backstories to it all. Well, Tom, I want to thank you for your awesome stories, for a little bit of the history of New Hampshire. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, what a pleasure, by the way. Right. You know? Until next time. To the spirit podcast. Supernatural science. Psychic. Mystic. Spirit. Divine source. Heaven. The dead. It's magic, magic.